You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> hey guys, producer Darren here. Before we get into the podcast, I wanted to give you a quick announcement about a two-day intensive that Cindy is hosting in Tampa, Florida on September 16th and 17th. Are you an entrepreneur who is looking for spiritual and professional guidance from an experienced faith-based coach? Are you ready to take your business to the next level, but aren't sure where to start? Do you have big goals, but need help developing a strategic plan? This class could be the catalyst for a lifestyle shift that will affect every area of your life, including your family, your business, and most importantly, increasing your experience of oneness with God. Spots for this event are limited and early bird pricing starts June 1st. You'll want to go to cindy-stewart.com to get more information and get registered for this event today. Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. Hi, I'm Cindy Stewart. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm really excited about my guest today, Kim Malone, a dear, sweet friend of mine. Uh, we've known him for about 10 years. He is a, a, a fire spreader for God. That, that really describes you, doesn't it, kid? Well, I, I want to be fired up for the Lord, that's for sure. I feel like you're like gasoline being poured out and then you just throw matches out behind you. Ken is an apostle for Florida and really for the nation. And he has seen this amazing shift. And I believe this, and I'm going to ask you to share a testimony. I should have given you a heads up, but I have seen from the outside looking in and knowing you and watching what you've done, I have seen a shift for, I know for our state, and it is spreading through the nation of dark to light. Yeah, uh, I tell you, Florida and the nation is totally shifting. Uh, I believe that we are at the dawn of a new age in this nation and in Florida, where we're going to see uh, awakening like we've never seen before uh, come into our nation and around the globe. It's not just going to be in our nation in Florida. It's going to be around the globe. And, you know, there are more people fired up for the Lord, calling out to God right now, worshiping, interceding than I've ever seen in my lifetime. Oh, I would agree. And, you know, one of the, I, like I said, I'm going to put you on the spot and make you share a testimony with me. And I even have one in mind. But, you know, first, up, let's just start. What does it mean to be an apostle to a state and to our nation? What does that mean for you, anyhow? Well, for me, it means that, that God has mantled me with a passion for the state of Florida okay. that's governmental in nature. Doesn't necessarily mean that you work in civil government, but it's governmental to the point where you begin exercising kingdom jurisdiction within the earth. Uh, and, and for me, I am married to the state of Florida. <laughs> and so God just uh, placed that marriage upon me. Uh, I used to get real perturbed when you'd go to the pastor's conference and that asked you how many is in your church. And if you had a comparable number, 
then you were a peer. If you had more than them, you were a mentor. If you had less than them, you were a peon. Uh, <laughs> I got to where I was saying, what difference does it make? How many is in your church? But today I say, well, Florida has a little over 23 million people in it. So that's how many people I am pastoring. And so I'm going Absolutely. after a state with a passion and, uh, and to, to see awakening revival come. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. And uh, I, I do want to talk about this a little bit because, you know, the apostolic release in this time has really uh, multiplied. You know, we didn't really hear much about apostles, that type of thing. We heard a lot about pastors, a lot about teachers. But really, those were the two that were really in the front line. And then the prophets kind of came up underneath them, but they were the irritation. They were the sand in your shoe. <laughs> and so now I really feel like God is reinstating his ecclesia, his, his format, so that it's not about, like you said, whether we're mentors or in the middle or peons, it's about the anointing and the calling that we have is operating collectively, not oppositionally to one another. Absolutely. You know, I, I believe that now more than any other time since the book of Acts, we now have a true fivefold ministry yes. in place to where we're seeing the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher in operation. And it's not about, you know, who's better than the other or anything like that. It's about the gifts functioning and working together to bring the kingdom of God into the yes. earth. And so now that we have the fivefold in operation, we're beginning to see more of a fullness of the kingdom of God and the anointings of Jesus operating in the earth today. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I will be excited when we get all five of them operating in our church over here on the East Coast Kingdom Gate. Uh, right now, it's primarily just apostle and pastor. And uh, I'm, I'm wanting the prophet in there. I'm wanting the yep. teacher, the evangelist in there. I'm wanting all of those gifts. And actually, I believe that apostles can really empower rather than be in competition with those other gifts. And uh, I believe that one of the hours that's coming upon us that's going to be tremendous is the evangelistic hour. Yeah. And it'll be different than, than back in the days of Billy Graham and Oral Roberts. I believe the Lord's creating a new platform that will be apostolic evangelist in nature. And, uh, and we'll see uh, evangelism go to a whole nother level. Uh, I would so agree with that. I remember being in my former church. Uh, it's probably been 20, 25 years ago. And I used to ask the Lord, Lord, is there a way where the fivefold can operate together? Because I actually had never seen it. Uh, is there a way where we can all function as 1 Corinthians 12 says that Whatever your gift is, you function fully at it and fully embraced because you have it. And that's what I feel like we are moving into because we realize that this uh, self-serving uh, 
I don't know what we call it, but it really is self-serving of having the greatest gift, better than anyone, the, the yes. best profit, the best whatever. We've realized that all it's done is destroy the body in, in means of competition, in uh, lack of self-confidence, in comparison. We've destroyed the body instead of built the body up. And that's part of what I really sense is happening is our body is starting to raise up and feel fully empowered to move in the gifts they need to move in and not worry about the person next to them because they need that person as bad as that person needs them. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And one of the things that I know uh, is I need that pastoral gift to be at Kingdom Gate. I'm yeah. not a pastor at heart. Now, I do love people. I am a father, spiritual father at heart, yeah. but I'm not a pastor at heart. I'm wanting to be on the front lines, strategizing, having vision, visionary, but you need that pastoral gift to heal those that have been wounded so they can come back into the battlefield or come back into the work of the ministry yeah. that Ephesians 4.12 talks about. And, uh, and so we need all of those gifts in operation. I need that, that prophetic gift and that teaching gift. I need all of those. And, uh, and so, you know, it, it's neat when you get to my age where you really don't really care what people think about anymore, about you anymore. <laughs> you can just really be who you are and not worry about if you're pleasing this person or pleasing that person. Yeah, so that helps us operate in the gifting that God has given us. It was over the years, I've seen a lot of jealousy. There have been times that I have operated in that jealousy as well. And, uh, and, and God has brought me to a place. This happened last fall. Um, I had a real encounter with the Lord that uh, the first night that it happened was three hours where he just grabbed him, grabbed me from around and began loving on me. And in that time, I began experiencing the real agape love of wow. Jesus that, that shattered all of my expectations. It shattered my dreams. It shattered my, uh, my sense of success. And then Cheryl went off for a few days. She was over in St. Pete with our granddaughter. And for two nights in the row, the Lord came and visited me with what, what I call the refiner and his fire. And wow. for the first night, it was from 1.30 in the morning to 12.30 in the afternoon the next day. And, uh, and he began to refine, take some things out of me, some agendas that I had, had operated in, uh, laid down some uh, competition that I had operated in because I really began to see things totally different from an agape love aspect wow. rather than from, you know, a competitive aspect. And, uh, you know, our, our church... Our church, you can only describe the health of a church by every church in a community. If your church is healthy and the one across town is not healthy, then your church is really not healthy Yeah. because we are all one body. And, uh, and so I, you know, I've given the Lord permission to really continue to take out of me the agendas, the jealousy. Uh, the man-pleasing thing to take off. I thought I had dealt with that until last fall. Wow. And then he really took me into the refiner's fire. And I got a feeling I'll probably be back there again. <laughs> you know, I so appreciate you sharing that because sometimes people 
you know, look at someone like you and say, he's all got it together. He's arrived. He's, you know, in that place where he doesn't have any struggles or problems. And it's nice to hear that God is always so gracious and loving that he will work on us until the day he takes us home. Absolutely. You know, Paul talked about this in Philippians 3, where, where he said, um, he said, I have not attained. Now, here's a guy who, who led thousands to the Lord, operated in signs, wonders, and miracles, caught up into the third heaven. And he said, I have not attained. I have not apprehended, but I want to apprehend that for which I've been apprehended for. And uh, that's at the place. That's the place that I want to be. Uh, not, not to ever think that I've attained, but that I am pressing toward that mark constantly. Yeah, constantly. I, I so agree. And there is some specific I want to talk to you about too. But the one thing I want to point out, and this is from me knowing you and what you guys have done uh, throughout our state, what we've fought for. But I don't know if you can just share in a quick synopsis how and, and I want to share this because I want everyone to know that there is a calling on their state. And sometimes we don't have a vision for our state and we have to, we have to have a vision because where there's no vision, we perish. First of all, that's what the word says. But second of all, when we have a vision, then it's planted in our heart. Then when we begin to pray for our state, that's what comes out is the vision for our heart. And I know for Florida, we had had in the spiritual vision, a, a, a python running up and down our state, right? Yes. Tell us a little bit of that and how it was eradicated by this cooperative, you know, uh, group of people that went after it. Yes. Well, you know, in Florida, especially, but I think in the nation also, uh, Kim Clement even went after the python thing mm -hmm. when he was here with us. And uh, but we've had to deal with it over and over in Florida. And uh, Chuck Pierce defined it as a snake and an evil root that ran up and down the state of Florida. And he said Florida could go either way. Florida could could go into the destiny that God has or Florida could fall back and literally affect the nation wow. uh, by falling away. And, and I know it wasn't just us. It was many, many people. Oh, yeah that pressed into prayer, uh, pressed into worship, and really pressed in. And, and I'll never forget when uh, when Chuck said it had changed. It was uh, January the 10th, 2019. Uh, I remember the hour and the day. It was about 8 p.m. at night. We had been holding a three-day consecration services for the state of Florida. And, uh, and I had a visitation. Uh, that night at 8 p.m. of what I call the chief angel or the prince angel of Florida. Wow. And uh, I was wrecked. I had never, I've never been so wrecked. I've had a few angel visitations, but this one wrecked me like I had never been wrecked before. The authority that was on this angel, and I knew this angel to have been in Florida uh, since the beginning of time that it had been assigned to this wow. state. And I'm sitting there wrecked. And he only made one statement to me. He said, my people have finally arrived. Wow. And when he said that, I knew what he meant is that Florida had been out of position. But now God was snapping Florida in position. Now, at the same time, Chuck Pierce 
was in Palm Beach County at Covenant Center where Norman Benz is the apostolic leader there. And God gave him a vision that the snake had turned into a backbone in Florida. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And that Florida now has a backbone. And I tell you, everything about Florida began shifting. Uh, and, right. and if you look at our governor, our governor has a tremendous backbone to stand against false ideology, to stand against the media, that, uh, that, that media which is corrupt. Uh, and so Florida really has a backbone. But, you know, you mentioned something a while ago about, you know, the, you know having a passion for your state. Mm -hmm. And you need to ask the Lord to give you, those of you that are watching, ask God to give you a passion for your state or give you a passion for your town or maybe mm -hmm. your neighborhood, whatever sphere God places you in. He wants you to have a passion to see that area transformed. Now, Jesus said in, in Acts 1-8 that he would send us to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. And so whichever one category that falls in for you, Jerusalem being your hometown, Judea being, uh, or maybe Samaria being your county, or, or and, and then on to your state level and national level, whatever sphere the Lord calls you to, become passionate in going after the Lord for that. You know, at Kingdom Gate, we have what we call the Florida Prayer Room. And it's a room that's probably around 30 by 40. And, uh, and when you walk in there to that Florida Prayer Embassy, is what it's called, uh, you walk in there, everything about it breathes Florida. We have two or three maps of Florida up there. We have prophetic words that people can pick up and pray over Florida. And so it, when you go there, and I hope you can come sometime, Cynthia. Me too. You will, you will see that it literally breathes the state of Florida. Yeah, and, uh, and we have people that come in there from all across the state to come in there and pray for Florida. So wherever you are, get a passion for where God has placed you. Yeah, I agree. We have to have a passion for it. And we have to be collective that all of our states will turn and find the heart of God for our states. And you're right. I think this that breaking of the, the stronghold of that Python spirit over us and that standing up and uh, redefining as a backbone was a game changer for us. And we've seen everything change. And so I want to shift a little bit to the nation because I know that you went on this uh, event, the Eagles, what was it called? The Eagles Awakening Tour, right? And yes. one of our guys went with you. Uh, one of our guys, Matt Vines, went with you. And really, you went to dig the wells of revival. So I want and, you to tell us a little bit about that, because I feel like this is profound in the journey of God doing what you said he's going to do in our nation. Yes, uh, we went to redig those wells, but also to drink from the water of yeah. life that flowed from those places. But uh, April a year ago, God had begun speaking to me about doing a an awakening tour again. I had been to Red River and Cane Ridge before, and God began speaking to me about that. And I, I felt very strongly that this year would be the year, 2022 would be the year that we would do that. And then we had Dutch Sheets and his brother Tim with us last summer, 
And uh, Dutch began reading a dream that Gina Golston had. Mm -hmm. uh, and in the dream, she saw a hundred eagles wow. on, on the property of the Red River Meeting House, bald eagles. And, uh, and so she said, all of a sudden, there was a, a, a well drilling rig that drove up there. And the moment its bit touched the ground, the geyser of revival began to come forth and it began to wet the eagles. And it was, it was simultaneously happening at Red River, Cane Ridge, Azusa and Wales wow. all at the same time. And so when I heard Dutch say this, I was really awakened more strongly than I was before to carry a minimum of a hundred eagles, believers who are fired up for the Lord uh, to these places to uh, let that drill bit hit the ground in prayer yeah. and intercession and worship and then begin to get wet with the waters of revival mm. that was at Red River, Cane Ridge, Azusa, and those places. And so we did. And when we were at um, Red River Meeting House, th this is the place where in 1799, revival began to break out and the second great awakening began coming into the nation. There was a pastor there by the name of James McGreedy who had got, he was a Presbyterian pastor, but God had really came in and visited those people there. And, uh, and they were, I, I recently read a book about it. it's phenomenal called A Table in the Wilderness um, about what God did at this place. And they had no clue, they had no grid for this as God began to come in and thousands began to be saved. And they were shaken, literally shaken under the power of the Holy Spirit and Ooh. being filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues and people being healed. And, and most of the time when it happened was during communion. And uh, they were very uh, habitual about taking communion. Mm -hmm. And many times when they took communion, the Spirit of God would show up and this manifestation would take place. And then um, Barton Stone, who was the pastor at Cane Ridge, he had been invited to Cane Ridge by Daniel Boone. He came over to the Red River Meeting House. And when he got there, all of this spilled on him. He went back to Cane Ridge. And this is where the Second Great Awakening took a foothold within the nation, where 25,000 people from across the nation, and most of them only hearing by word of mouth or by the Spirit of God to come there. And, uh, and so they would come, they came and just thousands and thousands and thousands were saved. And uh, they shook under the power of the Holy Spirit. If a news reporter came down out of Lexington to read about it, talk about it, mock it, if he got too close, he also shook under the power. Wow, of God. that's so As good. Pastors would come and try to mock it also. And that they got too close, they would shake under the power of the Holy Spirit. But one of the things that the Lord had called us to do was to go back and to let that drill bit of intercession and praise and worship hit the ground again, begin drinking from the waters of revival. And uh, Red River, both Red River and Cane Ridge were off the chain. If Matt was there, he can tell you. And, uh, and then we left Cane Ridge on a Thursday and flew out to 
uh, LA and went to Azusa Street and, and began digging that well and drinking from the waters of revival there. But I tell you, where, for me, where I had the greatest touch of God in LA is that we went to Anglis Temple, which oh, yeah. is a church that Amy Simple MacPherson started. And we had a tour of the temple and a tour of her parsonage. Uh, for me, God really met us in Anglis Temple. And I believe that we drank from the water and the well that Amy Simple MacPherson had dug there. The facility is, is still there. I have a picture on Facebook of my wife worshiping the Lord. Oh. She has her hand raised and uh, she's standing on the same platform that uh, Amy uh, McPherson stood on. And it was just a powerful, powerful time. We're hoping to go to Wales. That's going to be in the future. Uh, I'm not trying to get in a hurry to do this because the Lord has really told me to pace myself in this day and time that I'm living in. But uh, I, I hated for that portion of the tour, the uh, Red River Cane Ridge, Azusa Street. I hated for it to end because it was filled with uh, the power of the Holy Spirit. And the, and the thing is, is everybody came and got wet and drank from it. And now they're taking it back to where they are. Absolutely. So in, in just kind of thinking about the perspective, or maybe God's given you a word, what do you see coming uh, to the body, coming even to the nations? I, I don't know. What, what is God showing you? Uh, it's so I get so ingrained in me right now. I'm, I'm so excited about what I'm about to tell you. Oh, uh, last summer, I had a dream, and I'm going to make the dream short. But I had a dream that there was a shift within the nation, a shift that was so powerful that it caused the men, men like myself, to rise up and begin taking a place of prayer wow. within the body of Christ. For the most part in the body of Christ, women have taken the lead role mm -hmm. in intercession. And in this dream I had, there were 100 men, two from each state that fell on their face before the Lord and went into birthing prayer for their state and for the nation. And God began speaking to me in the midst of the dream. And he said, I'm calling the men to a place of prayer. And so we've been doing that everywhere we go. I, I did a meeting here in Melbourne back in November. We had 200 plus men that showed up and I was, I was amazed. And then when we were at Cane Ridge, I was waiting for the Lord to share, to tell me what to share. And he said, put the call out to men. And I tell you, all of the men came down to the altar area and began crying out to God uh, for their nation. And I, I really believe that God is calling right now the men to begin taking a position. And what I've discovered, Cynthia, is that the men have been wanting to pray all along. They've had nobody to lead them. And, uh, and so God is raising up, I believe, other men who are going to lead men in how to pray. And, and Matthew 6, 9, 10, 11, uh, he's going to teach us how to pray. And I'm oh, very wow. excited about this. August 19th and 20th, we're doing a, a uh, call to prayer for men in Tallahassee. Soon the uh, information will be upon my website. But uh, I'm excited about this call to prayer for men. I believe it will be a game changer within our nation. I believe it's going to take us into a 
great awakening like we've never seen before. Yeah, I definitely agree with that for sure. I, I really believe that uh, we're, in, we're in the process of everybody getting into the proper position and the proper assignment. We talked about it in the fivefold. Now we're talking about it in the family, the family of God, the men and women. I know I was brought up, prayer was always relegated to women because that was their job, but it's, exactly. it's everybody's job. But especially to have the men lead, I I really do feel like that this is the time, this is the season for that to happen. And that way, everybody's operating at full function. And that's, that is my passion. We have to operate at full function. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it, it has, it was given to the women to do, and I'm so glad that yeah. they towed the line all these years. We're faithful. Uh, I, I'm, yes, very faithful. Uh, but in the Bible, it was men who carried the torch of intercession. Right. And I believe that God is turning that around for us today in America. And again, I know it's going to be a game changer. Oh, I do too. And Ken, I am so excited. I always love whatever you put out, whatever you're doing, because it just carries such the breath of God. You Thank know, you. you don't put out things just to put out things, just to make sure you have something on the page every week, you always put out things that are just breathing God's heart at this time. So thank you so much. Thank and you, I want to just thank everybody for watching today. Uh, if you want to get in contact with Ken, his information's on the, on the website. You can, his website is on the page. You can look him up, connect with him. I know you're having a big conference and it's in September, right? October. So, October. So check it out. Make a plan to go there. It will be impactful. So everyone, thank you for watching and know that you're the best investment you can make and God is investing in you for the future of the kingdom. So I'll see you next week. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.